1: Welcome to the Eye on the U podcast, Miami Herald's Miami Hurricanes podcast. I'm David Wilson. I'm joined, as always, on the other line by Susan Miller Degnan, our Hurricanes beat writer here at the Herald, ready to hit the road and eat some cheesesteaks on the first road trip of the year.
0: Yes, I've already found out that uh, that that at Temple, that's the medium meal, cheesesteaks. Oh, uh, yeah? That's pretty good. Yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah. I really do. Don't have to go
1: to, where is it? Geno's? I don't Gino's, know. Geno's. There's Pat's. I like Jim's. Yeah, uh john's is popular like they you know any any male first name you can think of um, <laughs> they, they've got a cheesesteak place named after that um especially if it's like an italian first name italian or irish uh, a lot of that obviously up in philly um anyway uh miami uh when we talked last week it was uh right before the bethune cookman game we talked a little earlier to talk about texas a&m um don't have a lot to say about bethune cookman um really don't have a lot to say about temple either although we will hit on a little bit of what this little stretch of Miami's season means. Uh, You know, they got their FCS Mm -hmm. game, then they play a non-major conference team this weekend, then the bye week, and then uh, Georgia Tech, who seems to be improved, but probably still one of the the worst teams in the ACC. Um, But I think we can still kind of just keep reacting to the Texas A&M game because I think the ripples are, are still really evident. Um, we oh, talked yeah. last week about how it was certainly, obviously, the biggest moment of the Mario Cristobal era, and you could probably make the case it was the biggest moment uh, going back to the Notre Dame game in 2017, and and uh, Miami now up to number 20 uh, in the polls. Yeah. Um, and I think a big comparison. And, and I was out at Shamanade um, versus Heritage on Friday night. Obviously, a big recruiting game, and just you know, just a lot of people in the football media there, Mario Cristobal uh, and Kevin Beard, both in attendance at that one. And um, the uh, a big talking point was obviously how big that Texas A&M win was, but also like uh, the, the way it really compares, I think, to the Notre Dame game is the number of recruits who were there. Um, and it's funny, Jaden Davis talked about it right after the Notre Dame or after the Texas A&M game, kind of his recollections of that, uh, Notre Dame game, and obviously we saw a couple big commitments out of that, but none bigger than Armando Blunt from Miami Central, Um five-star defensive lineman, top five player in the class of 2025. A lot of buzz he's going to uh, uh reclassify to the class of 2024, graduate a year early, um, and and become part of Miami's incoming class. Um, But that's the kind of uh, recruiting, like, that, that's exactly what, I mean, it's hard to, like, Imagine a way they could have kind of built on the momentum much better coming off of the Texas A&M game. You get to blow out Bethune Cookman a couple of days later, and you get a, a five-star best player in Miami uh, recruit uh, on the same day, actually last Thursday.
0: Yeah, you get you get it right. You get you get that the guy you know blunt commits like two hours before kickoff. Yep. I mean, how's that for timing? And then uh, and then Mario is you know just
1: you know, seventh heaven. Yeah. He get, I mean, it's some he got brought up obviously in the post game press conference and he was uh, you know, obviously smiling. He can't say anything officially, but like everyone was like, hey Mario, <laughs> like recruiting, pretty good,
0: right? And then and, the next day he's walking up and down the sideline, right?
1: Uh yeah, yeah. And then I, I yeah, yeah at, at the Shamanade game. He's, he, like, he's
0: at the shamanade game and he's kind of big man on campus again. Yeah, and I will
1: say like it's <laughs> it was, you know, that's a small stadium. Um so it's kind of like an intimate stadium. There's no track there. So like the fans are like kind of right on top and, you know, people are yelling, like yelling at him, but like, good thing. Like it's, it's different than it would have been, uh, six months ago. Right. If he was walking around at at games where it's, you know, he's not hiding his face, but you know, fans aren't excited about it, um, necessarily, but you know, he's throwing up the U people are are yelling at him talking about the game and, and all that kind of stuff. So, um, yeah, like you can feel it out in the community too, which which is obviously really important here in South Florida.
0: Yes, uh, yeah, Mario is you know throwing up the U, and he's kind of like the 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 big star, and you know everybody's talking about him, and um, and he's getting the recruits. So that, that's what winning does, right? Um, yeah, and i i I could see them continuing. To win, actually,
1: yeah. so that's the other. That's the other thing. Like I mentioned, yeah. that you get, you know, if you play Texas A and M, and then a week later you play Clemson or Florida State or something, and lose, like it takes the shine off a little bit. They get, they get probably like a month to revel in the Texas A and M game, as long as they don't screw up one of these next couple games. Like Bethune Cookman again, not like an exciting game by any means, but like they did what they were supposed to do against Bethune Cookman. That game was never close. Um, they no. You know, it was never never competitive for for a second. So like, there 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 like really hasn't been like an angsty moment yet for this team. Maybe like one or two drives I, in the opener when it like they, they stalled out. I think a couple times in a row. But I mean, well,
0: they've got, it, it, Texas they've got two
1: blowout wins and a do, and a two touchdown win against um yeah. the top twenty five yeah, team. But like,
0: the, the Texas AM and M game was was nice and uh, it was right. It but was. Yeah. I mean, uh, to the very end, it was. It really to the very end, it was. Um, you know, Mario said that too. That's the whole thing we were talking about this week. You know about uh, Shannon Dawson being aggressive and saying, "Hey, we we got to go for it." You know, we can't we can't be conservative here.
1: Mm-hmm. Once they
0: had a, a decent lead, but not a great lead, because if you're playing against a decent team, I mean Texas A&M, they were coming right back. It's very uh, in college football man you can score fast as we have seen this yeah. weekend like quickly <clears throat> um Colorado anyway um, uh, it's y- y- you got to keep your foot on the gas pedal mm-hmm. and that's what Miami is doing and um they look great against Texas A&M they look great against Bethune-Cookman which I understand it's Yeah it's, it's I see a but they got to empty the bench. You know, and 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 a lot of kids played, so many play have played now, and what it does is it gets them it gets them wanting more, gets them motivated, it gets them wanting to practice harder, thinking mm-hmm. they can get in. Um and they can. They're smart to play all these guys. So um yeah, I mean it's and I think this game coming up it depends. You know, I, I found out today, I shouldn't have looked at the weather, but I did. <laughs> I think it's going to pour during the game. I think there's like an 80% chance that it's going to rain. And so that might affect things a little bit, right. For Miami's offense. Yeah. Um, so we'll, we'll see what happens there, but I, uh, you know, hopefully they can put in a good, another good performance. And then with a the week off, after that, they're only open week of the year. Um, I, you know, I, I, I thought that it was too early, you know, when we got the schedule, I thought, man, that's so early in the season, but maybe, maybe they need that, you know, maybe with camp kitchens and with yeah. I mean, they have line. enough injuries,
1: right. Where it's, uh, and I want to talk about that a little bit later on. Okay. Um, specifically the defensive line was like kind of ravaged, um, on Saturday, uh, three Wait. starters out. Yeah. Um who knows how long all those guys are gonna be out, but like we we that you know, that's a problem. It wasn't a problem on Saturday, uh, obviously. I don't think it'll be a problem this coming Saturday. Or sorry, it wasn't a problem last week. Uh I don't think it'll be a problem this Saturday. Um uh, and maybe it won't be like I, I think their depth is is pretty good there, we as we've seen, but um it's still yeah, like you said, like not a not bad time for a bye week um with, with those injuries because when you're missing three of your starting defensive line and that's a huge problem generally speaking you know that's still yeah. the situation when you go to play clemson or north carolina like it it really changes the complexion of a game like that um you mentioned clear clearing the bench and all that kind of stuff and and i think when we talk about just like the good energy around the program like that stuff kind of matters too um and you know, the clearing the bench is like just a small piece of it, but um, you know, the, the, the young guys playing is a big deal uh, just at large. Um, And it's something we talk about. It feels like every year we're like, you know, at least some of these young guys look pretty good. Um, But it's really different when you're like, at least these young guys are pretty good and they're contributing to a good team that, you know, even going back to 2018 or sorry, 2017, um, there weren't a lot of like DJ Dallas, I think was playing a lot as a freshman, but for the most part, that was, um, you know, an older team. So you, you're kind of like threading the needle right now. If you're Miami where you're like, you're good this year, it seems like you're going to be, I think certainly like top four in the ACC, top five, something like that. Um, but you're also doing it. Not, it's not just like you're this senior super transfer heavy team. And yeah, they have a lot of experienced guys, a lot of transfers. Um, some, some really important guys who will probably just play at Miami for one year. You know, JV on yeah, and I, like, yeah, he will be in the NFL next year. You got him for one year. Make the like most Matt of it. Lee. Matt Lee, another one. Um, yeah. But you're threading the needle where you've a got a good team. You've also D. got a nice little core. <laughs> yeah. Hold on.
0: Yeah. <laughs> there are some, I, I was thinking there are some pretty good transfers. Yeah, there are. Um, who are really contributing.
1: Because you That's never been... I'd say that's been the biggest surprise to me on this. I think we talked about it last week or the week before. Um, you know, I'm not surprised Tyler looks awesome. Um, yeah, I guess I'm a little surprised how good the wide receivers are. Again, I think we're going to talk about those two those two position groups in particular in a little bit. But um, I was kind of, like, skeptical about the portal plan that Miami had um, where they seemed to really be valuing, like, depth over – top end talent. Um, I, I just wasn't sure. You know, I figured like, okay, they, they figured out their depth. I don't know how many of these guys are like, no doubt ACC, like above average starters, but all those guys, like pretty much I I was pretty confident about the linemen, Lee and Cohen. I thought we're both going to be all ACC caliber guys, but like, I didn't know what to expect from Branson Dean. Yeah, um, All these corners, you know, Jaden Davis. I, I didn't oh know what to God. expect like Jaden, there have been davis. just a lot of guys who have exceeded expectations at least my expectations oh
0: now. for sure Jaden davis is like a first team all acc yeah. <laughs> I, he's I, like trajan bandy
1: like he's like as good as like oh he's peak trajan bandy basically yeah he's really good
0: and really smart and uh yeah a lot of a lot actually a lot of good transfers a Deli
1: Aki mesador i know it's his second yeah it's year. his second year so i wasn't necessarily counting him but yeah that was a big addition when they they got it and another guy who was not like it's not like you know i i keep comparing it to like the jalen phillips Derek king like that class <laughs> of got quincy roche right like those guys all came in and you're like okay i know these guys are gonna be stars because well jalen was obviously a, a different case but um i know these guys have a really good chance to be stars because they've been stars before um like a guy like Mesidor coming in, he was really good at in uh, West Virginia, but it's not like he's better at Miami than he was there. Like they've just had a lot of guys uh, exceed expectations, and they were already good players. So when you exceed expectations, they become really good players.
0: Right. Um. Yeah. I. And.
1: All right. Uh, let's switch gears to just kind of a a look at. I, I'm intrigued by this stretch of the schedule. Or not intrigued. I should say I'm like not intrigued at all by this stretch of the schedule. But I was trying to think of an interesting way to talk about it. Uh, Miami, obviously, uh, everything in the preseason, in a lot of ways, in the off season was gearing up to the Texas A&M game, right? Like, obviously, they're not thinking quite like that. Although I'm sure they were kind of thinking like that uh, within the program, but you know, our expectations, everything was like, uh, just let's see what happens in week two. Um, and now we quickly go back into like Miami is, you know, they're a little more relevant because they're ranked now. They get pop. they pop up on the ESPN, uh, score app right away, which is nice. You don't have to go search into the ACC tab. Um, but it's a pretty uneventful stretch of this schedule. Obviously, like I said, they took care of Bethune, Cookman, get Temple, gotta buy, uh, And then you got Georgia Tech. Um, So, like, on paper, it's the easiest stretch of the year for Miami. I don't know if there's that much necessarily to analyze. But I do have, like, three things that I think we've, like, um, have sort of been validated or are in the process of being validated that I think we can continue to actually, like, learn some stuff about here. Like, I know you're... We'll, we'll talk a little bit about the offensive line, but I don't know how much you can learn about an offensive line going up against Bethune, Cookman or a bad temple team. Like Miami's mm-hmm. just going to maul those guys. Like, let me see. And we saw what they did against A&M. Now I want to see what they do when they play Clemson, like it'll, you know, another test, but there's a couple, a couple spots on this roster that I think, um, that maybe we had a feeling about, and basically three things we have learned slash can continue to learn. Um, things that actually matter I, I, is the way I guess I should phrase it from this stretch of the year. And number one, um, Tyler Van Dyke and the Heisman race for Tyler Van Dyke, right? You gotta, you gotta put up some big numbers here. Like it's, I know again, it's Bethune Cookman, but he was like spectacular on, um, last week.
0: Yeah. Completely in control. Yeah. I mean, he's definitely back.
1: That's back the thing. Too. That's a, that's a really good way to put it. Completely in control.
0: See confident, um, you know, has, does have that O-line. Just, you feel like it's going to be a completion (laughs) when he goes back to throw. You don't feel like it's going to be an interception. You don't feel like he's going to get hit. You know, you don't get, you don't like hold your breath, like, uh Mm -hmm. uh-oh, shoulder seems knock on wood fine. Um, And his numbers are, like you said, are, you know, are fantastic uh he's seventh i i guess after last week's game he was seventh in uh passing efficiency nationally uh 14th ranked 14th in passing touchdowns he has eight already 21st in passing yards per co- completion 14 and a half almost um and a 26 in the passing yards per game 274 and uh, 28th overall in passing yards 822 um He's just he looks so good in every way. Um, it's it's it really is a pleasure. And even when even when we hear him speak now, you know, he's like I said, he's very competent. Um you could just feel it. He, he 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 said he says he's feels better than he ever has. He's more mm. accurate than he ever has been. He loves Shannon Dawson. Yeah. Um and and this is probably the segue to the next part, his receivers.
1: Are fantastic. Yeah.
0: I, I cannot believe I'm saying that.
1: I know. But I, I yeah, that it. is the next topic, but I do want to stay on Tyler just a yeah. little m- more. Um, yeah. you know, he's on the board now for the Heisman. Like, I think he's um looking at from BetMGM MGM, tied for the thirteenth best odds for the Heisman. You know, he's still one plus four thousand, but like he's on the board, he's right behind Drake May on that list. Like, um teams are taking notice. Oh um even though obviously again it was they have played one good team and two bad teams um though when you said he's in control again that that's the big difference and um part of that is obviously tyler like being comfortable in this offense but also like the offense is you know the run game plays a big part of that the receivers we're going to talk about play a big part of that like they're ahead of the sticks a lot. Like last year, it felt like they were always in third and seven or whatever. Like just right. They could pull out a big play every once in a while, but just no consistency with the offense. The, the thing that Shannon Dawson and this offense does so well, um, one, they've run the ball really well. So you can hand the ball if you're running back and you're probably going to get three yards every time you do that at least. And maybe more, um, right. but also like, I, th- I think I said it last week, the short passes, like that stuff matters. and i know it's like you you watch quarterbacks you do that a lot and you're like yawn anyone can do that but um that sets so much of this stuff up because you know if you get into second and three then you get to take a shot and tyler can take a shot with the best of them and i think just the way that i just think the offense is like way more cohesive than it was last year it's you know it's feels similar to Rhett lashley's offense in a lot of ways just in terms of like the it feels like they got a, like a, a three down plan every time right they're like all right we, we gotta get some yards on for it. like they're they're very rarely like even in like second and ten like it feels like on that first play they're always getting yards and and it um you know again we're, we're talking after the bethune cooking game so we're, we're skewed a little bit but he was awesome against texas a and too and um yeah, he just, he looks comfortable. He looks healthy, right? We are we, suspicious, I guess, or not suspicious, but cons- you know, he am really was- nervous about that shoulder considering the number of injuries he had last year. He came out week one with the tape on his finger has not hampered him at all. Um, yeah, he just, he looks as good as ever. Like he looks like this is what he looked like in, uh, 2021.
0: Yeah. And you know, uh, I- Shannon Dawson was talking about the receivers this week and how um, the UM or he, he stresses uh he stresses the, and they practice when the ball hits your hand. Um, What do you do? And he wants everybody to get up the field and get vertical. He says mm-hmm. drop step, get vertical. Yeah. Like he wants it to be one motion, you catch the ball and you're kind of, I mean, you catch it, but you're,
1: already going yeah yeah
0: you're kind of already going he said it's one movement and uh he said too too many people don't do that don't stress that really
1: yeah So especially when you're you know they run a lot of uh, it's like the um air raid thing a lot of screens a lot of like out quick out passes or short quick slants like yeah when you can turn those screens from a three yard gain into a six yard gain on first down it makes a huge difference
0: yeah, and they're and they're all doing it. They're not really, they're not really dropping passes. They're not. I mean, so, so they are. Uh, yes, there've been
1: every, a few. Yeah, like Jacoby had one against Texas A and M. But yeah, again, like,
0: yeah, even the even those are. You know, you could like debate whether you, the ball was perfect. And broken. you know what?
1: Every college football team drops. Like it's the yeah, one thing I, I always say about like people like sure. get hung up on missed tackles and and drop passes and yeah right. like Miami has had some real problems with that in recent years but like if you're gonna like freak out every time someone misses a tackle or drops a, a pass in college football like just watch the NFL instead like you that's what it comes with the territory in college football
0: yeah I mean uh that has to be coaching I mean to, uh, David to me so much of this is coaching
1: the well, difference yeah the team. two coordinators really... seem to just be I think uh you know, I think on defense they went really heavy in the transfer portal, and you can see a lot of those, like a lot of new guys are difference makers, especially, um, you know, yes, Francisco go is like a game changer for this team. Jaden right. Davis is a game changer for this team. Um, but yeah, I I just think the like they have a, I don't know, like both. I mean, the defense last year probably just like the talent I think was a big difference, um, and obviously the Tyler injury screwed things up on offense, but i don't know can you like tell me what the identity of like the offense and the defense were last year just felt like they were like we are a college football offense we are a college football defense like this year i can you could like really like know what this what the game plan is on every every drive on offense and on defense
0: yeah i mean yeah i i just think that the the co we've talked a lot about gidry and shannon (laughs) dawson i think uh I think some of the other coaches also Yeah, I'm sure.
1: It's it's a, like those yeah, that's the stuff that when you talk about like the drop like they're not dropping passes or um you know, the running backs like looking really improved. Again, a lot of that has to do with the offensive line, but the yeah, those position coaches, especially in the off season cuz these guys were all here for the spring. That's like that's where that's... they make a difference, like the development. Um a lot of guys have improved a lot. Like the, yeah, they've got a lot of transfers who are better Yeah, Tyler has um, being healthy just makes everyone better. But uh, now we probably could transition to wide receivers. Those three guys are just like significantly, significantly better than they were last year. With like putting an asterisk on Xavier Restrepo because we just um, he was spent so much time hurt last year. But he's like he's Uh, been spectacular. He's like on pace. I mean, we're through three games, but. He's on pace for the like best receiving season in Miami history right now. Yeah, he's. And they got uh, one of their hardest games out of the way.
0: Yeah, he he's uh, Xavier fifteenth in the nation um, with one hundred and four point seven receiving yards per game. Mm-hmm. He's just I he's so tough oh my god he blocks he does everything go through that
1: he just does everything right I think I had a lot of fun writing about him after the game last Thursday which was again like kind of a boring game but it was just fun to like kind of because he's been good and but he's been around for so long and he talks every week right like it's it's like it's almost easy to ignore him because he's like the wall it's like the part of the wallpaper right but um (laughs) He Yeah, like he had the block on Brashard Smith's touchdown. He had the block on Jacoby George's touchdown. On, that was last week, right? The screen pass. Um, he's done everything but score a touchdown.
0: He's totally, yeah, he doesn't care. He said he doesn't care. He's totally engaged in the game. Yeah. I, totally every second, every second of intensity. You know, every second during the game, he's he's doing something mm-hmm. to make it better for UM. So, yeah. Um, yeah just it's such a pleasure i was looking at some of my old stories that i did last year about you know no offense but there's no offense kinda. yeah <laughs> i i i mean incredible incredible yeah I, what a difference what a yeah. difference
1: a real and, turnaround and
0: and the defense too by the way that's yeah. what i mean the defense too the dbs look much better to me yeah i don't know i i
1: and that's without, you know, Cam, I mean, Cam was obviously a huge part of the A&M game, but like, right. Um, well, so it'll be interesting to see what they look, when he gets back, if he gets back, like what that, that'll change a lot. with the defense, I just
0: can't um, imagine him coming back this week. Maybe. No, I, I don't think well, so either.
1: There's no need to I, rush it. Like, uh, like that's, that's the, the beauty of this little break they have in the schedule, essentially. Yeah. Is, they don't need to rush said, all it. these injured guys. Obviously his injury is different than a lot right. of other guys injuries. Um, But, yeah, no need to rush. Um, If it's
0: raining and stuff, forget it.
1: Yeah, the other thing I wanted to say about Restrepo is, like, you talk about him being engaged in the game and all that stuff, and, like, that's the stuff he's always had, right? He's always, you know, he's a better blocker probably now than he, like, just because he's older and smarter and more experienced. Like, and I know it's Bethune-Cookman, but he had that one catch in the middle of the field on last week where he, like, we want to jump ball against like, you know, he like just like went up and muscled his way through a guy and want to jump ball and he's five ten or something like he's uh he's like a complete receiver. I mean, obviously he's he's never going to be, Colby Young catching goal line fades because that's not who he like. He's just when you're that height, you're limited just by that. Like you can't yeah. be a jump ball goal line threat like that, but. Every, he's a complete package everywhere else. He's got good speed. He's got good size. I keep comparing him. He reminds me of KJ Osborne, I keep saying, just in terms of, like, how, like, thick he is as a wide receiver. Like, they're just physical guys who, um, you know, they just, like, He's like, it's funny to say about a guy who's the smallest wide receiver, shortest wide receiver on the field sometimes, but he's, like, a man among boys in some ways. He, like, feels like a, a grown man, especially up against – some of these small DBs you see in college football. Yep, he does, and and he's know. probably not even the most improved receiver on the team because Jacoby right. George, Jacoby who is George. like, wow. has always yeah. been like tantalizing like moments. Yeah. Um, he's like a legit, you know, like they've got three really good Incredible. receivers. Yeah, yeah. Um. Okay, I want to wrap up by you. You were going to talk about the defense, though. The one other thing that I think. um, actually matters from this stretch that we've seen um you mentioned the dbs i'm um, uh, the cam injury makes it a little hard to, for me to like know exactly what that's going to look like moving forward um but i think actually does matter and i alluded to it at the top is and again it's Bethune cookman like put out will put all the asterisks you want on it they were missing three defensive linemen and three starting defensive linemen and like just the defensive line they throw out there feels like not like an elite defensive line, but like a really capable <laughs> defensive line, right? It's Jafari Harvey, who's probably has more sacks than anyone else on this roster. It's... And a lot uh, of sports. Yeah. It's uh, Jared Harrison Hunt, who probably is like as many tackles for losses as anyone on this roster in his career. It's uh, obviously Leonard Taylor was the one guy still playing who was, you know, a right. potential first round talent. Um, and it's Ruben Bain, who... um is probably the freshman everyone like the guy on the roster everyone's most excited about. So um they we were I think we were we were on that pretty early that we really liked this defensive line and particularly the depth of this defensive line. Um I think you definitely felt feel felt that last Saturday or last Thursday. We'll see how many of those starters, Nigel E. Kelly, Akeem Mesador, Branson mm-hmm. Dean, are right. back this Saturday. But this is a nice stretch to like kind of like for Miami to solidify that like our front seven, like we've got a lot of guys, and 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 I mentioned Francisco Magoa, who's been a game changer at linebacker. KJ Cloyd, who was like a guy who didn't play a lot at Louisville, and now starting for Miami and pretty good. And like Leslie Basaint, obviously like coming off the bench right now. Um, and yeah, and, they go and, too and, deep at every spot. Keontra Smith, Corey Flag, like Corey Flag.
0: Corey flag has, has two tackles for loss, two quarterback hurries, nine tackles. He's like fifth on the team. And he's, you know, every year we talk about Corey flag, Corey flag, and he ends up being a
1: really good player. You this know? is where, like oh. I talked about the depth, like just Matt, like that's where this matters is that. Corey flag now doesn't have to be the best linebacker on the team. He can be the third best linebacker on the team. And when he's the third best linebacker on the team, like that's a big deal. And everyone's pushing each other. And you mentioned it with Jafari Harvey applies definitely to Corey flag too. like a lot of starts under their belt for some of these guys who are now like reserves, rotational guys. Like they just, the defense is, um... whereas I think like the offense is, you know, the, the line is old, but, a lot of other spots are, like, relatively young, right? Colby Young's in his second year. Obviously, Restrepo is is a vet, Van Dyke's a vet. Um, the running backs, you know, there's young running backs there, whether it's A.J. Allen or Mark Fletcher. Um, the defense, they've got some young guys, obviously, that are, are a big part of things. Ruben Bain, um, you know, Wesley Vesaint, the only year two. That's like, a really experienced defense. Like, they could easily... Yeah. On any, you know, if you start Jafari Harvey over Najali e. Kelly, and I'm sure there will be times this year when they're like rotating. I think everyone in that starting lineup, if you, that if that's the one change you make, I think everyone in the starting lineup is an upperclassman. Like they just they're they're a bunch of grown men, basically.
0: Yeah. Or now, or now, yeah, you're talking about offense and defense. Right.
1: Well yeah. no, I'm talking about defense. Offense are a little yeah. I think a I little mean, younger, just because you know um I, is involved, right? Inez Cooper, like you got two underclassmen starting on the So no, look
0: line. Thomas Gore is a you know what year? I wanna I wanna look him up. He's an older
1: guy too, because he's a transfer um He he has two tackles for State, loss. Right? Yeah. He has a
0: force fumble. Um
1: you know Yeah, he's uh, a, a he's a, a fifth year guy like they they got a lot like they're they're old on that side of the ball which is a good thing it is a good thing you know what you know who
0: else is is going to start doing better jacob lichtenstein
1: yeah he had made a couple plays on um yeah
0: apparently i think he was i think uh
1: gidry said that he was he had been a little banged up kind of yeah you know, I mean, there's another guy. He's what ninth on the depth chart on the or like the ninth yeah. defensive lineman. And that's a guy who this time last year we were like, ah, he's like a borderline starter. Like, he already has a sack. You
0: know, he yeah. always I think Kidry said this too. Whenever he's in, he, he makes something happen. Yeah. Uh he has a sack, he has a, a fumble recovery, he's just like around the ball. And uh um I, I I think he's probably not the the
1: largest guy. Um but he's another guy who's Sixty year senior now right like it's they've got, yeah, there's a lot of experience smart. on that deep
0: yeah he's smart and he's good and um yeah correct yeah the yeah. defense is and 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 like uh lt mm-hmm. is who for some reason i always think of him and no matter how old he is he's he like a little baby yeah yeah exactly exactly he's you know the, he's got yeah.
1: still like for his bigger guy he's got kind of a baby face he's got like yeah a,
0: uh, he talks kind of he's
1: got a goofy personality John. like he's a very John. like jovial he is he,
0: he's yeah yeah he's a very likable guy everyone yeah, i mean yeah. like
1: him cam and and james williams doesn't it feel like they all just got here like they're yes it they're does and,
0: but the thing is all david all those guys being out um, I think kind of helps him because it's forcing him a little bit yeah. to get in shape. Uh, you know, it's forcing him to take, uh, you know, some
1: more, uh, reps and, mm-hmm. you yeah, know, and it's get, good exposure for all these guys, right? <laughs> Ruben Bain's playing a ton of snaps right now. That'll only help. Yeah. Um, but Reuben- as you said, a guy like Lichtenstein, who maybe wasn't going to play if all these guys are playing is he's back up in the rotation. So, um, It'll be an, we'll we'll have to see who plays this weekend. I would guess they're still going to be not at one hundred percent. We saw Akeem Mesidor in a boot. Yeah, um,
0: I, I bet he's he obviously had some
1: play. recurring issues going back to last year. Or so, exactly. um, but I, think I, I don't Dean, think it'll be a problem. I, I maybe
0: think Dean gonna, will be okay. back. Nigel I don't.
1: Yeah, Nigel We don't actually know what that injury was. I know. He Finished the um, A and M game. Uh, obviously, Mark Fletcher isn't the other guy still out, and then as well, Cam Kitchens too. So. Um, either way, I don't think it's going to matter this weekend. And then they get a buy. And then I think you'd probably like to get a bunch of these guys back in time for Georgia Tech, even if they don't play a full share of snaps. Uh, it's a good chance to work these guys back in before you play Clemson the next weekend. So um, yeah, right True. now it's kind of like a, a boring, quiet part of the schedule. But it once it ramps up um, in October, basically, it really ramps up quick because it's Clemson, North Carolina.
0: Yeah. Oh wow on the
1: road
0: yeah no not clemson clemson's at home yeah by the way i i know we have to get off but there are a couple guys um there are a couple guys remember alan hay i was looking up some long stories you wrote on him long Uh and he ended up having three tackles in his career at miami he started two games already at temple oh good for him yeah so uh but he did i noticed he did not start the
1: third
0: game yeah. <laughs> but he but he's played in all three games yeah. and also camden price is their kicker oh yeah because he's, he he's
1: like a, it's a mid-atlantic guy he's from maryland so makes sense yeah he and he was a kicker for like
0: four years at miami i know we got to get off had some good had
1: it. some good moments too was like a backup kicker in miami had a couple of good games yeah so um, this would be interesting all right, uh, you can follow Susan on Twitter at S. Miller Degnan. She'll be up in Philly this weekend. Follow me on Twitter at DB Wilson, too. I'll be on my couch uh, tweeting, and, <laughs> and it's a great college football weekend. Um, so, uh, hope everyone enjoys the games, and we'll talk to you guys next week.